What is good, everybody? Welcome to the Look Ahead part of the SB Nation NFL show. I am Rob Stats Guerrero from Niners Nation. He is RJ Ochoa from Blogging the Boys. RJ, happy Thursday. How goes it, Stats? Happy Thursday, indeed. Always um, a treat, a delight, um, some would say a privilege to be in your presence, uh, as I am every single Thursday, although I don't know um, what day the, the look-ahead drops next week, uh, what with the reconfigured schedule around here and whatnot, uh, but anytime I'm with you, it's a good time, um, so shout out to the look-ahead for making that possible. Yeah, we are doing a little uh, reshuffling here of the schedule as we sort of get into not the downtime, I don't want to say, but a lighter NFL news cycle. So next week, the look ahead will be on Friday, I believe. And going forward for the offseason, it'll be on Fridays. But don't worry, RJ and I are not going anywhere. Want to remind you, please rate, review, follow the SB Nation NFL show. We've got a bunch of good reviews that we're going to get to in a second, but I need to remind everybody that we are brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NFL. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today. Use code SBNNFL for a special offer when you sign up. That is code SBNNFL only at DraftKings. You know, RJ, we always say on this show, if people take the time to leave a review, we will take the time to read a review. We've got a couple today. Where do you want to begin? Uh, I say we just go in chronological order from the first one left all the way to the most recent one left. So um, they are a little bit long. So we generally like to kind of like bathe and soak in these. But we do kind of have to hurry up because we have a show. Uh, Stats didn't tell you what's on the menu for today, which is a bad job by him. But you know what? I'll leave it up for a mystery. Okay. so first one comes to us from Batwing88. Uh, This was on Monday. Five star review. Uh, it is titled Love the Show. Uh, we had a bit of a hectic start to the uh, the show here stats, so I have not pre-read these, uh, just to be very clear. So oh I'm literally reading this for the first time. Uh, one of my top podcasts every week, this show is constantly entertaining. Special shout out to Pete, Justice, BLG, and specifically RJ and Stats for their impromptu look ahead episode this week. Their discussion about Jerry Jones and Dallas was on point and got me thinking. Uh, by the way, Stats is the monitor for my son goes off in the background. Uh, he's fine. It's, I'm not just ignoring it. Uh, <laughs> about Jerry Jones and Dallas was on point and got me thinking as a depressed Cowboys fan. Did Dallas's Super Bowl 30 hurt them in the long run? I think Jerry hiring Switzerland, uh, I think that's an autocorrect, and winning so soon after justified his own way of doing things in his mind and led to the arrogance and soft culture that has permeated from the owner to the long snapper for the past 25 plus years and been the reason for so many underwhelming playoff and win and in performances would love to hear thoughts on this love the show and as always go cowboys can't wait for another disappointing year dash (laughs) mh um i don't know if you know this or not stats but on the subject of the long snapper i do think this speaks to the culture of the cowboys do you have you ever heard the name lp ladders here no lp ladders was the dallas cowboys long snapper from like 2008 uh, up until last year, one of the like legit most you know sound fundamental long standing long snappers in the game, um, and the Cowboys cut him last year very surprisingly because he wanted to come back and do it again. Um, and this was never proven, but the heavy speculation is that the reason that the Cowboys cut him is that had he played all of last season, which he would have, he would have passed Jason Witten for most games played as a member of the Dallas Cowboys and Jason Witten is beloved by the Joneses. Um, so they don't want to see that record fall to a long snapper from Canada. Look, I think it's clearly obvious at this point that football is never the number one priority for Jerry oh, Jones. hundred percent. Yeah. The championship that Jerry Jones wants to win is being number one on the Forbes franchise value list. It is not 
the Lombardi trophy. Like he just, it's always the way he is a businessman first and an owner slash general manager second. I know we have to like hurry through these, but just very quickly, last thing on this. And I said this a lot on blogging the boys this week, you and I talked offline about the, uh, the Peter King write up in football morning in America this week. And the quote from Jerry Jones, how Jerry said the foibles and the drama and everything kind of are what keep people interested. Um, and he even talked about how the owner gets in the papers and people love that. Like he really believes that. And it, the best, most recent example I can think of, and I know you remember this very well, is the week after Dallas lost to San Francisco. Actually, we talked about this on Monday Football Monday. Jerry was given an opportunity to commit to Mike McCarthy, and he would not do it. And why did he not do it? So that that next week, the maybe not the A block, but the B block on every NFL preview show was, is Mike McCarthy getting fired or you know whatever, while the Cowboys are sitting at home in the divisional round of the playoffs. But uh, let's move on. Stats, this one's a little bit longer. Um, this is from Big Pig. Actually, it's asterisk big dash pig. This came on Tuesday. Um, I'm you know hard-pressed to read this one because the title, it is a five-star review, is hashtag keep the debrief alive. BLG and RJ have discussed in the past which day of the week is the worst, something that BLG and I had dis- discussed on the NFC's mixtape, a project people can listen to at Blogging the Boys, Bleeding Green Nation, Hogshaven, and Big Blue View. Of course, Tuesday tends to be the consensus. I, however, have always respectfully disagreed because I appreciate the off-day debrief far too much to knock Tuesday like that. Keep in mind, Stats, that BLG did knock Tuesday. But with this recent tragic news that it will be bumped from the regular release schedule, I fear that BLG's opinions on Tuesday may very well come to fruition. Don't let it happen. In SB Nation team, hashtag keep Tuesday cool and hashtag keep the debrief alive. Also, I need to address stats real quick. Let's be real, stats. You and I both know that RJ, by nature of being a Cowboys fan, is a lesser creature, but I believe in giving credit where credit is due. RJ's Russell Wilson impression is a top three, if not top one thing that SB Nation as a whole has to offer, and that is just a fact. I hope to see more of it on The Look Ahead and other shows in the future. I will read the last sentence stats in my Russell voice. I believe it is time for you stats to recognize in all its glory and accept its part in the show. First of all, you sound nothing like Russell Wilson. The only part of your the impression that's <laughs> worth anything is your speech pattern because it's similar to like Russ's kind of choppy mm. speech pattern, but the rest of it is trash. All right, let's get to the final review, and then we'll get to our teams that we think are most likely to go from first to worst. Uh, this one is comes to us from Trubisky is bad. It is a five-star review ha- uh, titled Oddcast. Yeah. Here we go. Please keep the oddcast. It is the best show on the SB Nation NFL show. BLG is the goat of the network. May he forever reign. And we all need to hear him weekly. Granted, I hear him on BGN Radio. Go Birds. But all the people need to hear him. Stats. You always say the hot take that everyone needs to hear. Keep up the good work and keep the oddcast. Thank you, Trubisky's bad. There's literally not a single false word in that entire review. Really do appreciate. Appreciate, you know. The love for the oddcast, people coming out now that the schedule is changing. Not only just, coming out, but coming out really quickly. You know what I mean? Right. Like just and, and to be very clear, you know, this wasn't a. I know that I'm accused of, of being an oddcast hater, but like I had nothing to do with this. I just want to be very clear. My hands are clean. Don't worry, people. We're still going to have plenty of BLG on the show. He's probably going to join you and I, RJ, frequently during the off season. So you're well. He joins me every week again on the NFC season. again. Yeah, that's <laughs> great. But if you want to hear her talk about some actual good teams. Then, you know, you could listen to the SB Nation NFL show when we get outside the NFC East. Who hasn't won a Super Bowl since? The Eagles. Uh, Keep in mind, look, like, 
I hate you Eagles fans, but I ride for us as a whole. Like SEC pride here, NFC East pride. You know what I mean? Like stats is the one trashing our division. So just on Twitter, yeah. stats on fire. Your division is the dumpster fire. Uh, um, all right. Let's get to teams we think are most likely to go from first in their division to last in their division. This was a fun little exercise for me to dive into. And the deeper I dove, the more obvious the answer became. And I want to see if you have the same answer with me. Well, who is your team that is, of all the division winners, most likely to go from first to worst? Again, really bad job by stats, not even telling everybody who won the divisions last year. Um, in the NFC, the world champion LA Rams, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Green Bay Packers, and of course the Dallas Cowboys. On the AFC side of things, the Kansas City Chiefs, Tennessee Titans, the AFC champion Cincinnati Bengals, and the Buffalo Bills. So we're going most likely, right? Like, And then in order to least likely. Just right. Like if you were going to put one bet on all the division winners, the, the team you'd put the most money on to finish last this year is. So when I was thinking about this, I just to be very just so you're understanding my thought process. I like if this argument was like who's if we were ranking like them from the perspective of like least likely to win the division, my ranking would be different. But because the, the question is first to worst. So like right. all the way down to the bottom. Specifically last. Yes. Right. Uh, my answer is the Cincinnati Bengals. What? Like, I, dude, I I mean, I'm I'm in that camp of people that, that are, are waiting to, to see. You know, you said on, on the Oddcast this week, uh, which did sort of inspire this episode because you guys went worst to first teams um, in the NFL and um, took another chance to hate on the Baltimore Ravens. Ravens flock, I see you. I hear you. I love you. But um, – you mentioned that a lot of people thought that Zach Taylor was going to be the first coach to be fired last year. I was one of them when we did those those discuss, we had those discussions last year. So at the very least, I'm consistent. I I worry kind of like the review that mentioned the Cowboys winning Super Bowl 30 is something that like hindered them in the long run. I worry. I'm like I don't think any Bengals fan would like take back the run from last year, but I worry that that fed like false narrative into who Zach Taylor really is. I'm I'm still not sold. I'm sold on Joe Burrow. I'm sold on Jamar Chase. I'm sold on T Higgins. I'm sold on all of the players in the. Prime but like they are limited and they also have a team that I think is coming with a force and a reckoning next year in the Baltimore Ravens like I, I can clearly see the Ravens being good I think the Browns are a horrible franchise but I think from a football sense they will probably be good obviously that depends on how many games their quarterback is available for and the Steelers are the Steelers like I, I'm fine kind of trusting that so I think the Bengals are my most likely team I'm not buying into the Bengals. I'm nowhere close to just kind of penciling them in as like, oh, okay, they're starting their window of being a really good team. Like, no way. They were great last year. I totally agree. But it's different. You know, they're the hunted this year, not the hunter. And dealing with success is something that team that's a real thing. And let's face it, Cincinnati has not had a lot of success recently. That is not something that that squad has a ton of experience with. They locked up Zach Taylor immediately, which I don't know why they did. Who was banging down the door to go hire him? Uh, I'm not convinced at all. And like you said, their division is really, really good. Uh, I don't – Yeah, I, the Steelers with Trubisky, like that's the only thing that maybe leads me to believe that Cincinnati has a chance to avoid this label because I think the Steelers are not going to be very good. They clearly have the worst quarterback in the division by a mile. Um but I agree with you that it's fair to doubt the Bengals after, even after an AFC championship. To be very clear, if the question was who's le le like least likely to win their division, they would not have been my like number one answer. But as far as going from first to worst, um, they're my my top candidate. Uh, so is that not your number one team? Because like you made it sound like they weren't. Uh, my number one team, and this is going to sound weird, 
I think it's the Kansas City Chiefs, believe it or not. And not because they're going to be some terrible team, just because of the division that they play in. You could easily be the worst team in that division and be like the fifth best team in the AFC just because how loaded it is. You know, they've gone through some changes here. Tyreek Hill is gone. Their wide receiver core, if you were to just look at the roster and not know which team it was or which quarterback they had, their wide receiving core is Juju Smith-Schuster, Nicole Hardman. Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Let's put some respect. Sky Moore. Okay. But, like, I think it's going to take them some time to adjust to that. You know, uh, Tyreek affects the defense without even doing anything. He impacts their entire game plan because his speed is such a weapon. They're not going to have that this year. It could take some time for them to gel and learn how to adjust their offense. And their schedule is brutal. At one point, they have Tampa Bay, Las Vegas, Buffalo, and the Niners. Back to back to back to back. That is a brutal, brutal stretch. Again, I don't think they're going to be bad. But I just think when you play in that division, you could easily end up last, even if you are still a very good team. See, that's like this would have been my answer of teams like least likely to, to repeat as division champion is maybe the best way to, to verbalize that. Um, I just I cannot see like so I could I could very easily see them not winning the division. Um, although I think the Chargers are a bit of frauds. Um, I, I think the most under like most slept on team in the division is the Raiders. Uh, I really do. I, I think that people are so quick to fall in love with the Chargers. People are so quick to fall in love with the Broncos. Like we mentioned all these like superstar um, elements in the AFC West. Like, oh, there's Mahomes and Russell and Herbert and Carr and Devontae Adams and blah blah what if we like talk about the head coaches right like like where's nathaniel hackett like factor into this like whole picture right like Fair. i mean like he might be really bad like we, we have no he might be awesome but like he might be really bad and that could really inhibit what the broncos are able to do as an overall team and so i think the most likely team to finish worst in that division is actually the broncos not the raiders um the raiders were a playoff team a year ago like you know people act like you know maybe they're telling you and me like you guys need to respect the Bengals. sure we need to respect the raiders too i mean the raiders like they fought through some sludge last year you know what chaos. i mean like and, chaos and i think that they like i think that they improved things they were already good at especially obviously by acquiring Devontae adams the josh mcdaniels question is a very fair one too the same way that the nathaniel hackett one is but i just kind of trust them like i think their floor is higher i i also think that you know their ceiling is lower than denver's but to the kansas city point i just cannot see them falling to to, fur, to worst um so they're not even my number two team on my list yeah i i Worst is like, it's such, I, I don't mean it like that. It's just the rest of the division is no, really, stats really hates good. the Chiefs. Uh, Pete, don't worry, I got your back. So I don't hate the Chiefs. I just think. Do you want to hear my number two team? It's different. Yes. So to be very clear here, I think that my number three team, no, the Chiefs aren't even in my top three, but my number two team, I'm still kind of like forming the list as we go along because that's how I roll. Uh, but number two, so number one for me is the Cincinnati Bengals. This sounds really weird given the um, state of their division. But it's the Tennessee Titans. Yes, like, that's I, who I had next. I and it's again. This is such a unique exercise because it's. And I know we're like maybe confusing people. The exercise is who is most likely to go from first to worst, not who is like least likely to repeat as division champions. Um, and so it's hard to envision the Titans finishing behind 
all of the AFC South because that would require Chris Ballard actually, you know, taking responsibility for his actions. That would require the Jaguars, you know, getting it together and the Texans, you know, getting it together to some degree. Although the Texans did beat the Titans the first time they played last year. They almost beat them the second time. And the Titans are teetering, dude. Like, right, like yep. you, you can kind of see them teetering um, where, you know, they traded away AJ Brown and like, fine, you know, we, we understand that. I, I think that they won the trade again with the Eagles or, or they just lost it last. Um, I know people had a lot of t- thoughts on my take there, but I mean, at some point the, you know, the end is coming for the like Derrick Henry reign of like supreme supremacy. Ryan, like clearly they're a little bit out on Ryan Tannehill. Like this is a point I brought up. The Cowboys visit Tennessee on Thursday night football in the penultimate week of the regular season. Like what are the odds that Malik Willis is starting at quarterback that game? Good. I mean, like they're, they're somewhat good, right? Like they're, they're not bad. Um, although I, I said a lot last year that Kellen Mond was going to be starting for Minnesota when Dallas went there. But um, I mean, they're he clearly like Zimmer didn't hate his guts for some reason. Right. <laughs> right that's true. Um, but they're clearly like hokey poking this season. They got like one foot in and one foot out, like one foot in 2022, one foot in for 2023. So um, I, I think, you know, it's, it's tough to say, but I think that they are most likely to go from our second, most likely to go from first to worst. I completely agree with you on Tennessee. Right. I agree mm-hmm. with you on Tannehill. Look, he skipped the first part of voluntary workouts like, you're you're Ryan Tannehill. You're not Aaron Rodgers. Last time we saw you, you were throwing three interceptions in a playoff game, a game that you admitted took you a very long time to get over. I'm not, you know, and, and that's not a criticism, and I'm not calling him soft or anything like that. Everybody, if you need therapy, you should go get it because it will help you. But my point is, you would think after coming off of that kind of a loss, he would be chomping at the bit to get back. And instead... He's staying home, staying away from the team. In the same time, the same year, your team drafts essentially your replacement. In Malik Willis, it just seems a little odd to me. A.J. Brown is obviously gone. They have not replaced him in any real way. Well, Traylon Burks. I mean, Traylon that, Burks that, couldn't like even make it through his first practice. So, okay, I told you I saw a TikTok about this, and so I I could be duped by the TikTok, but the the TikToker in question noted that AJ Brown has asthma. I don't know if that is correct, and that it was like this the allergies in that portion of Tennessee were like like unseasonably high. Like the, I don't know if it's like the pollen or the cedar kind of whatever, but I mean, like you know, I'm just saying it's a you know, let's let's cut Traylon Burks a break. You actually told me like that's a remember Jamar Chase when he was like the lace that was what well, you brought up the laces or you know I'm I'm not used to not Catching having the the, the lines yeah. on the balls or whatever. Like it was you know so. The jury is, is very much still out on Traylon Burks. All I'm saying is that that is like the de facto replacement for A.J. Brown. Right, but not a good start and clearly an unknown. And if it was allergies, whatever, asthma, you know, we'll see how that plays out. Tell I'm me, just saying. Tell me that, and this, I'm getting a, an NFC East uh, pre-take out of the way. Tell me that Ryan Tannehill isn't the commander's quarterback in 2023. <laughs> I can't do that. <laughs> right? I can't do that. He's got a, yeah, he's got a commander's vibe to him. You can totally sure. see it. Um, and just he, like another project. Keep going, though. All this, you know, all these Tennessee fans are coming out. We were the number one seed in the AFC. Guess what? Now you got to play a first place schedule this year. And that means Buffalo. That means the entire AFC West. That means Green Bay, Cincinnati, Philadelphia, Dallas. It is not going to be easy for Tennessee. I think that I don't think Houston is is nearly as bad as people think. Houston is not a dumpster fire. They might be a bad team, but they are not as terrible as people think. In fact, I think you could make the argument, and this is something that Justice Mosqueda brought up, Mac Jones and Davis Mills, they're the Spider-Man meme. 
It's basically this, like, what is the huge difference between Mac Jones and Davis Mills? Especially if you take Josh McDaniels away from Mac Jones. It's so, the uniform. Like, the, the helmet right. adds, it's like, you know how, like, they say, like, the camera adds 10 pounds? Like, the uniform adds, like, 10 Madden points in, rating, in your rating. You know what I mean? That's it. I think that Jacksonville is going to be better. Now, granted, they have a long way to go. But I think they're going to be better. And I just, I don't like the vibe with Tennessee. I really don't. When your offense is built on a running back who's coming off the workload that Derrick Henry is coming off of. And the injury. Right. 321 touches in 2019. 397 touches in 2020. And then 237 last year. But don't forget, he was hurt. He only played eight games. That is not something that bodes well for the future. I don't like the vibes in Tennessee. I think that this was an easy pick. Um, just to be very clear here, um, on I mean, because well, I know we have to wrap up because we have like a lot more to go. But um, so the Titans were the one seed. Cool, respect Titans fans. You had five losses, and I know there were like seventeen games. There's like, but like, it's such a, like it was a weird year. It's a weird like mm-hmm. mathematical year where this happened. Also, I I am always upset, admittedly, whenever a non-Cowboys one seed loses their first playoff game and doesn't get the level of vitriol that the Cowboys do. Because the Cowboys have done it twice in somewhat recent. They did it in 2007 and then 2016. And the Tennessee Titans were the number one seed in the AFC to carry Collins-led Titans in 2008. That was a like <laughs> legit stout, you know, number one seed year. They were 13-3. and three. Do you know, so it's 2008, they were the one seed. Do you know how many double-digit win seasons they have had since that year? Two, and they are the last. Yes! They are the the two most recent seasons in 2020. Uh, they went 11 and five, and last year 12 and five. And like kudos, I think the the best thing the Titans have going for them is Mike Vrabel. You know, like if yes. if the if the Titans do fall off, I completely trust Mike Vrabel to like rebuild this team. Whether it's like through the like around the foundation of Malik Willis or whatever and Traylon Burks, but I I think he is such a slept on coach. But I think the the nucleus of talent they have, like their better days are behind them. But I'm ready for number three if you are. All right, go for it it's the dallas cowboys yes it is it's, it's yeah it is um so we record this slash stream this every thursday on the look ahead for now um so again for the podcast audience or whoever's watching or listening late yesterday on wednesday the philadelphia eagles signed james bradbury i don't know that this like you know massively affects my impression of the eagles obviously it's it's a very nice signing and you know pairing him opposite of darius slay in the philly secondary is a good idea et cetera. Et cetera. Philly has addressed every level of their defense in some legitimate, you know, way, shape, or form this offseason. Jordan Davis along the defensive line, Nicobe Dean at linebacker. Admittedly, though, that's a bit of a lottery ticket proposition given, you know, the draft day fall. Um, and now James Bradbury for the secondary. Obviously, they traded for A.J. Brown, uh, a trade that I'm still somewhat on the fence about, and I'm fine living there, people. Enough. All right. I get the tweets and stuff. I see you. But they have done a lot to close the gap with the Cowboys in the division. The Cowboys have done a lot to close the gap <laughs> in the division. Um, I, I, BLG said this to you on the podcast. I could see the Giants winning the division. Like, look at That's their schedule. Absurd. That's look absurd. At the, like, no. I, and by the way, you guys missed an awesome pun. And I waited. I was going to slack you guys and tell you this, but I, I wanted to wait to say it. Um, you guys were talking about foundations, and BLG was talking about ripping it up, and you wanted to have a stable foundation. The joke we were looking for here was you wanted to have a stable foundation. Ah, oh, dude, you're trying way too. Anyway, um, I I could see like if if he this is an an admittedly large if, but if if Daniel Jones does have a Josh Allen bump, right, or or, or, a Brian Dable bump, 
like a la Josh Allen, not not to not, I'm not at all saying or inferring that he becomes Josh Allen, but if he has some bump, like we we all acknowledge that there are athletic tools to be worked with. Like right, there's there's some athletic molding that can happen with Daniel Jones. And I mean, Washington, like I do think they're better. I, I mean, like they're they're very memeable. And it's just a matter of like, can you survive the meme? Can you be the dog in the cartoon in the fire? You know what I mean? But they they are better. I mean, like I think that you know the the, the three the top threesome, so to speak, of Carson Wentz, Terry McLaurin, and Jahan Dotson is legit. You know, or or you can you can make lemonade with that. Is my point. So I could very easily see this, and I've mentioned this to you a thousand times. The last five times that the Cowboys have won the division. They have been expected to like win the Super Bowl the next year, so that is not the case right now. But they have always, always not just failed, but failed in catastrophic fashion. Like it, <laughs> it, again, it's it's not just that they have failed; it's that they have they have gone down in a blaze of glory. They have found new and innovative ways to scar us and to hurt us. And so, I mean, there's history working against the Cowboys in that sense. So I could totally see it. It's it's unfortunate to say, but they have had a very bad offseason. And I'm so sick of Cowboys fans telling me like, what do you mean? Blah, blah. It's improvement by like addition by subtraction. No, like subtraction no. is subtraction. It's not, <laughs> you know, this is, it's just, it's dumb. It's dumb and it's sad. The R.J. Ochoa heel turn that has occurred ever since the final seconds ticked away in Dallas against San Francisco in the playoffs last year has been an amazing thing to see. I'm so proud of you, R.J. You are not a homer. You have looked at this objectively ever since that happened. You have been crushing the Cowboys, and I think you're dead on. I, I would... think. Go ahead, Seth. I think they're not better in any single area in 2022 than they were in 2021. Am I wrong in that? I would only add that Micah is probably a better player just by way of like experience and like, and, and like growing and developing. Now I think he can be a better player without having as much production from like a statistical standpoint. Like he might not have many sacks, but he might be a better player, but that's it. Like, and I mean, maybe you could say the same for Trayvon Diggs too. Like still a really young ascending player. Like maybe he's a better, more developed corner, more refined, just doesn't have as many interceptions, but those are the only places. And I, I guess if I have to find, like if I'm really, really reaching Dak Prescott, this is truly the first like off season he's had void of an injury, a contract situation, a pandemic. So this is like the first true classic vintage, nothing to really do except work and grind off season in several years. And so if you believe that that is some sort of wind in sales, I, I suppose I can see that argument, but um, that is an admitted reach of sorts. That's not nothing though. Like that's fair, but I think he's going to have to be that good because I don't think the Cowboys defense, I said this before the playoff game last year, if they don't get turnovers, you can move the ball on them. Like their whole thing last year was just getting turnovers and it made their defense, I think, look better than it was. Turnovers are something that usually is not repeatable. If you have a bunch one year, you usually don't have a bunch the next year. There's regression there. I think that's going to happen naturally. I think the Eagles, like you mentioned, have done an incredible job of loading up. Quarterback on a cheap deal, let's bring in everybody we can. We'll pay A.J. Brown, sure, what the hell. I've criticized the Niners for not doing that with Trey Lance. Like the Eagles are showing you the model. This is what you need to be doing. And they've done it before. They they did it with, they they understood that principle with Carson Wentz and the way that the Cowboys and now the Niners are the only teams who who have like refused to capitalize on the windows of cheap rookie contracts. It's, it's crazy to me. Washington. I agree with you there. There are things there that 
would give you pause. The Giants, unfortunately, like there's no chance to me the Giants win the division. Even if you want to say that Daniel Jones gets a bump, if he's 50% better than what he was, he still sucks. Okay. That's the problem. And the Giants know that because they didn't pick up his fifth year option. But if you assume that like they all get like a bump just by way of like Joe Judge being out of the building, right? Like there there is talent, I think, with Daniel Jones and Kadarius. We've seen the Kadarius Tony talent, right? Kadarius Tony's like, good. He just can't stay healthy. Right. The Kenny Galladay, like not, not like literally like we talk about regression to the mean and this isn't like a measurable thing, but they were like on the like crap end of the spectrum. You know what I mean? Like it was all crap, like everything bad, everything terrible, everything unlucky. And so like if some of those just like breaks, so to speak, like regress to the mean, I think that they're a better team. I did want to throw one thing out there. I am not alone. Like I appreciate the kudos. Um, I would encourage everyone to go read the replies to I tweeted this out on Thursday stats. Um, I'm on Twitter at Arjo Trev and wants to follow. Hey, yeah, that'd be cool. But I tweeted the sense of apathy this Cowboys offseason really is so fascinating. Generally speaking, after recent division winning seasons, the vibe is that Dallas is coming back stronger to win it all. They really broke people with how 2021 ended. And I, I do think that, that that's true. I think that my read there is is right. And the more I think about it, I don't think it was just that they lost or they got punked or whatever. I don't know how much you've seen, but like a, a strong take uh, around the Cowboys draft class has been that that the coaching staff or that the front office felt that they were soft and that they got pushed around and they, they brought in some dudes with attitude and, and, you know, dudes who are kind of you know ready to grind or like get the meat grinder, as you love to say. I do think they were soft. And I, I think it was like the unsettling thing to me was not just that they lost and they got outplayed and, you know, whatever. It was that they whined and complained all the way down the stretch. It was like, and it wasn't just that game. After they lost to the Cardinals, I mean, it, like that disposition permeated itself. And, and they were like, well, you know, we were playing more than the Cardinals out there today. It's like, dude, c- c- shut up. Like, this is so lame. And and then I know he has since come out and, you know, kind of walked the comments back and everything. But for, for, for that to like creep and seep into Dak, for him to, you know, be fine and encourage the fan behavior, throwing things at referees and whatnot. Like that was a, just such a red flag. It was like, you guys are so soft. Like, like you, you really actually like people love to say the Cowboys have this like country club culture. And it's so hard to like buy that. Right. Like, like sometimes you think like, that's just what people say. No, like I, they really think like they don't stink. Like they really think that they are America's team and they are the, the bad boys of the nineties who, you know, won a bunch of Super Bowls and stuff. I, I don't know if I told you this, this is my last thing on this point. We do a show with Tony Casillas at blog of the boys who won two Super Bowls with the Cowboys in the nineties. And uh, the other day, Demarcus Lawrence shared a photo of Michael Irvin and Deion Sanders um, after the Cowboys won Super Bowl 30. And I brought it up and Tony was just like, you know, they got to stop sharing our photos. You know, like, go go get your own photos. You know, like, I, they, I think there is this real sense of like, whatever, you know, we'll show up, we'll, we'll buy our jerseys, we'll watch the game, we'll be entertained, but our expectations don't exist anymore. We're just, we're here for the party. Honestly, I know you think I bang on him too much. I think a lot of that comes from the head coach. I really do. He is not like he literally is soft. <laughs> I'll just put it that way. Okay. This is a guy that was getting massages when the game plan was supposed to be getting installed in Green Bay. Like he is an excuse guy. If you go back and look at the Packers playoff history under Mike McCarthy, you can always point to, oh, well, one of the games, Aaron Rodgers got sacked and the ball bounced off of his shoe and into the arms of the Cardinals and they scored. And then there was this other, th- like, it's always excuses with Mike McCarthy. It's never responsibility. Even when his whole PR tour he, he made to get the Cowboys job, it, you know, he was all, I've got a plan now. And, and the reason that I failed before was because I wasn't up on the analytics and I spent time with PFF. No, man, no, 
You guys are soft. You guys are just not, you don't have it. You don't have it mentally. There's not one guy. Who do you turn to on that Cowboys team when adversity is striking? Who's the guy you're going to point to and say, he's going to get us back in the game? It's Dak. I mean, honestly, objectively, it's Dak, and now it's Micah Parsons. That's it. That That's it, though. But, like, there has been a lot of heel turning. Like, even, you know, for the longest time, and we have a lot of other things. I mean, I think we're going to have to blitz through some of these things. But, like, um, it, like the majority of Cowboys fans are kind of, like, out on Zeke even. You know, like. Why would you that, be in on him? No, but, I mean, like, it, like I'm like, there's a lot of, like analytical or just like common sense principles like that are opposed to like you know paint drafting him and paying him right like everyone everyone is like we've had these arguments a billion times but there have always been the stands that are like you know no zeke's great zeke's and those there's still like a, a sector of people i think they feel that way but like there is nothing but like apathy towards like this contract sucks like and, and all you're gonna do is you know run him into the ground and he's gonna he's not gonna be good and you're gonna waste tony pollard like there is just this sense of doom and gloom and dread um and so i'm interested to see the show yeah i agree they're prime candidate to go first to worst now this is where it gets difficult because again like you said it's not just failure to win the division for the second straight year it's going from first to worst i don't know where are you going next rj because i can't pick a team so my number four is the chiefs and we've already dis- discussed that right so like now i'm halfway through so i've got Bengals, titans cowboys chiefs so uh, number five for me, our final four contenders, so to speak, are the Bills, the Rams, the Bucks, and the Packers. And like you said, <laughs> it's a it's a matter of like, so the worst team in each of those divisions for the Bills, it's the Jets, right? For the Rams, it's the Seahawks. For the Bucks, it's the Panthers, and for the Packers, it's the Lions. And so, okay, of those four teams, the Jets, Seahawks, Panthers, Lions, who is the best? The Lions? Yeah, yeah, it might be. Okay, so maybe the Packers are last year. Who is the second best? The Jets? Yeah. Okay, so now we're down to the Seahawks and the Panthers, Panthers. which means that the Bucks and the Rams are seemingly the safest, right? Um, so I think the answer is – my next answer is probably the Bills. Like the Bills have had – and that pains me to say – but they have they have been on the right side of injury luck, right? Like, I mean, remember two, uh, two a year ago we were talking about the two teams who had lost the most games to injury in 2020 were the 49ers and the Cowboys, right? And so what happened in 2021? That regressed to the mean, and they were healthy, and they were playoff teams, right? Uh, Niners made it to the NFC Championship game. So the, the I'm not saying the Bills are due. I hate saying that. But, like, they have been on the very positive end of the spectrum. Like, what if Vaughn isn't this world changer? And I hope he is. I mean, I want the Bills to win the Super Bowl if the Cowboys don't, you know, Stefan Diggs, they're going to do it again. Like they're, you know, like it, there's only so much magic that there can be in the bottle, so to speak. You know what I mean? And I don't think we should forget that the Bills have an element of soft in them as well. All right. Not only did the Bills are the Bills so soft that they like had to change the overtime rules because they lost. And I actually I love Josh Allen. I really do. And it was more funny and self-deprecating, but I hated the pain tweet when the AFC Championship game went to overtime because it was like all like now all you guys have done is like make yourselves synonymous with this, and like people for it's not like oh like the poor Bills they lost in overtime. No, they had their chance. Like everybody forgets this. Like for some reason they had their chance and they blew it. Sean McDermott's supposed to be a defensive-minded coach, and his defense was liquid Jello, like soup Jello, like not even good Jello, like the kind that's been sitting out for too long, and. 
beyond that, remember when they lost to the Patriots on Monday Night Football? Like, remember how, like, how they're, you know, Micah Hyde and, and whoever else it was, like, when they were asked questions about, like, what well, do you feel like you were run over or whatever? And they got up and walked away. They were all upset. Like, the Bills are, are a little bit of front runners. And I think that happens to teams who have not historically had a lot of success and then they start to have it. Like we saw that with Chiefs fans or the early part of last year when they were really down and they were like, how dare you say that we're not the number one team in your power rankings? We believe we have Patrick Mahomes. I think the Bills got a taste of living at the top of the mountain. And so beyond that, I mean, could the Patriots be back? Duh. Could the Dolphins be better? Obviously. Could the Jets be better? Yeah, I think the Bills are the next team. Uh, I mean, I would put a little credence in what you're saying if the Bills didn't smash New England when they. It's a hard question to answer, stats. I would like to see your logic to answering this. Yeah, thing, no, right? I, I appreciate the scientific method with which you approach this <laughs> to try and figure this out. It's yeah, I just think that barring injury, of course. I mean, if Josh Allen gets injured, it's a completely different discussion. But I just think that he is so freaking good. That even if he's not amazing, he's not going to be worse than okay. Zach Wilson. I remember a year ago on the Oddcast when you were like, oh, well, he was so, he had such a high completion percentage. Like, there's no way that he is just as good next year. And then you had to eat your words. And now it's a matter no, of like, oh, no, he's so on. good. There's, It's impossible said, that he regresses. I said I wanted to That's what you sound like. It it's like, that's impossible. I said I wanted to see it again. And we did. So, that he's proven me, you know, he's proven it to me now. So I'm on the Josh Allen train. Yeah, I want to see two years in a row of good play at quarterback. Like, I don't think that's unreasonable. Uh, he's friggin' amazing. And I don't see them finishing last in that division, you know, even in this crazy exercise that we are doing. What if we go to, oh, man, I kind of want to pick I, the Rams, but. No, dude, I think the Packers are next. I think, well, actually, you know, we, we, we made a misstep, by the way, when we said who's the worst team in the NFC North. It's the Bears. I can't believe I said the Lions. It's the Bears. So, like, but, I mean. The I Bears won that. twice as many games as the Lions last year. Okay, cool. So, I'll take you straight up right now. $100. Bears versus Lions straight up this season. Who has more wins? I'll t- I'll give me the Lions. I'll give you the Bears. Want to? No, I want the Lions. No, that's what I'm saying. The Bears are worse. And you're over here like, well, they won twice as many games as the well, Lions. Well, they did. Year. Okay, so <laughs> they're, the I, Bears the Bears might be the worst team in the NFL. Yeah. What I Justice again, Justice Muscato, all that guy does is make good points. Pointed out that they've only spent like fifty million dollars on their entire offense this year. Tell it's me like, I'm you wrong. have Justin Fields. So so I know that I'm um I'm like new to baseball like supreme fandom. Stats has had to deal with a lot of my like messages this this last couple months. Like I'm 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 a big baseball guy now. Tell me I'm wrong. The Bears are the Oakland A's of the NFL. No, you're wrong. Whatever. It's fine. I'm still learning. I'm cool with that. The A's build up their team, have an incredible team, don't win a championship, then tear it all down. I'm talking about the financial investment, though, because, like, aren't the A's, like, investing, like, nothing? That was my point. The A's payroll is, like, less than it was, like, 20 years ago, which is absurd. Um The Pack – why do you say the Packers? Because, again, you can't say Aaron Rodgers gets hurt. Okay, well, they traded away Devontae Adams, right? <laughs> and they have been amazing for a long time, right? Like, what? How many games? Um, they, hey, like, what? They're going on three years in a row. They've won thirteen games. All, all Matt Lafleur done has finished thirteen and three, thirteen and three, thirteen and four. Okay, now I am in no way about to like cape for Mike McCarthy. All right, like I will acknowledge that he 
you know, was a big part of the problem. But 2018, the season that he was fired, they finished six, nine and one. The year before that, seven and nine. The year before that in 2016, when they lost the NFC championship game, 10 and six. The year before that, 10 and six. So like, yes, they have been on this insane run. But like that, well, like we're over here saying like, well, the Derrick Henry run has to end, right? Like, well, so like that logic, I think, holds just as true here for the Packers, especially with Devontae Adams out. Like you were trashing the Chiefs wide receiver core. Like who do the who do the Packers have? Like, you Packers know, like is worse. Yeah, I mean, so the Packers have a really bad wide receiver core. Yes, they have the most, like, supernova quarterback of all time in Aaron Rodgers. But, again, his power is limited. You know, like, okay, I'm, I'm really afraid of Aaron Rodgers and Randall Cobb in 2022. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I've, it's just – it's not happening. Um, and so defensively, I think they're better, right? Like, and that's kind of been the focus. And so maybe that, that kind of balances things out. But, like, tell me – we've seen them lose games to the Vikings, right? Like, tell, it's possible they – you know, I, I – Again, this this is not an easy exercise, which is why we are braver than the oddcast. But um, I I mean I could see the Vikings getting it together, winning the division. I know that they have their own questions, but like from a talent standpoint, they kept all their nucleus together. I know that and Zimmer's gone, so they've like improved in that capacity. They added Zadarius Smith, who the Packers lost. Like, could we not see the Lions clicking? I know that that like hinges on Jared Goff. And then if we're playing, you know, the game where they just have to be last, the Bears could be third. <laughs> like that's we're not we're not asking the Bears to, to be like second or first. Like that it's I I've seen more impossible things, I think. This would be my if I had to make an argument for how this could happen with Aaron Rodgers still being healthy, I would say he doesn't strike me as a like grinder when the going gets tough, the tough get going guy since he's gotten to be the starter, they basically have had almost nothing but success, except for the last couple of years of Mike McCarthy. They pretty much have had nothing but success. He still kind of, you talked about the hokey pokey with, uh, who was it? Tennessee. Yes. Okay. Uh, I think that maybe there's a little bit of a hokey pokey with the green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers. You know, he doesn't strike me as a guy that's all in. Does he want to stay? Does he want to go somewhere else? He was super unhappy with the team. I just wonder, kind of like Russell Wilson last year with the Seahawks, if it starts to go bad for Aaron Rodgers, does he kind of pack it in a little bit? I'm not so sure that he doesn't. Like, maybe, you know, with the receivers that they have, things don't go well. The knock on Rodgers is that he really cares about his touchdown interception ratio and you know, kind of some of his individual statistics. If things don't start to click with the wide receivers early on and maybe they lose a game or two that you think they should win, I just wonder if he kind of plays more for himself than the team. I think that you could see that with Russ at times last year. Like Russ just did not look like himself last year. And I think it's hard to be all in on a team when you essentially have had one foot out the door at times. So that's my only, the only way that I could sort of complete this exercise as we are doing it is if I say that that's what's going to happen with Aaron Rodgers, that he is going to be kind of one foot out the door, things get really tough, and maybe he's not as all in as he was in years past. Does that make any sense to you, RJ? It does. I heard everything that you just said. Um, the podcast audience definitely knows that. Um this is, you know, this is new stats. I'm one hand, uh, one of my hands is putting the pacifier in my son, like as we speak. So look at that. We're juggling things. 
Roel uh, hates the Packers. That's his life, obviously. So, so he was born into a hatred of the worst team in the NFL. You're raising that boy right, let me just say. I just I think it's hard to be all in. Like, Rodgers has had eyes on other teams, right? He's had eyes on greener pastures. And if it starts to, to go bad a little bit here, you know, does he kind of say, you know what? I'm just going to do what's right for me. I'm going to stay healthy, make sure I get through this year healthy, and then maybe next year, you know, I find somewhere new to play. I think Aaron is stewing that Tom Brady has already like set himself up so well. You know, like Aaron and, and Brady are like both like seniors in college and Brady's already got like a job set up and he's got like a new apartment in, in the city. And Aaron is like just like in the house that he shared with three dudes for the last three years, like with his, you know, uh, the Matrix Reloaded poster, like this sucks. Like I thought I would have a plan by now, but. I'm just here. Like maybe, maybe I'll take a fifth year. You know what I mean? I think the Aaron Rodgers post career is going to be ugly. I think it's going to go from, oh man, that guy was a great quarterback, but woo, okay. I do think, and this is, um, we were kicking this topic around for today, and we'll we'll hit it um, at some point in a few weeks, I imagine, and maybe we rope in BLG for that. I do think Aaron Rodgers ultimately, from like a football standpoint, played things right. And I hate to say that maybe we're not giving him enough credit. But again, topic for another day. Yeah, we'll get into that another day. All right. Uh, is there one more team you want to try and make an argument for or you want to wrap this thing up? Um, Let's, you know what? I want to get your, sorry. I'm going to cut you off because we're going to not talk about pro football for one second because I saw this yesterday and it drove me nuts. And I just want to get your quick take on it because you're an A&M guy. Nick Saban uh. <laughs> was speaking yesterday and he, talk about, somebody needing a pacifier forget your son it's nick saban he's sitting there whining and complaining that texas a&m had the number one recruiting class because they paid their players you know they gave them name image likeness deals and alabama didn't do that and they were number two and they don't know if they can have a top recruiting class anymore without paying their players and it's so unfair and i just have to say nick saban take a nap you're making what $15 $15 million a year. You don't want college players to get paid. Go soak your head. It's pretty lame. Um, I am not like a supremely passionate college football fan to be very clear here. So like a lot of my uh, friends who I went to school with are really upset. Like the group, the group chat is, is on fire this morning <laughs> to say the least. Like it's, it's going off. Um, I do, th- but like, I mean, it, it, this is a strange place to be, like, as like from an A and M perspective, at the very least. Like, when when I went to school, it was still the Big Twelve, and like Texas was still like far, like Texas was way, you know, way away from being like not back the way they are right now. So like, you know, Alabama was not this like consideration. So like, in on one hand, it's kind of cool that like Alabama is so like threatened by A and M. You know what I mean? Like that's my like most like legit takeaway. But um, to the subject point that you kind of wanted to talk about, I think it's lame, and I think it's like okay, Nick, then find a way. Like, uh, isn't that supposed to be your thing? Like, like, forget the salary thing. Like, I, you're right. Like, the hypocrisy is, is like, hilarious. But, like, find a way, Nick. Like, th- welcome to the new world. Welcome to the new frontier. Like, well, welcome to the Western world. You know what I mean? Like, you you want to ride your horse? Cool. Volkswagens exist. You know what I mean? Like, go, go you know, hustle. Like, th- there's a new, you know, new way to do things around here. And I, like... I don't know that there's an older, more archaic way of doing things, like maybe in any like level or facet of corporate America than the way college football coaches like to run their programs. And this just did. 
The idea that Alabama was not paying players before name image oh, likeness is absurd. Nick, you've been paying players this whole time. Now you're going to say that when it's legal, you stopped? Give me a break. You don't like the extra competition. We're not stupid. And I'm sure that was a call to the, to the Alabama boosters and whatnot, too, like to help him, you know, win at this game. But it's absurd. The idea that somehow college athletics are going to be ruined because we're actually paying players for the product that they produce is ridiculous. It's it's so dripping in hypocrisy. It makes me want to vomit. And these college football coaches, Dabo Sweeney, sitting there with their holier-than-thou attitudes about how the walls are going to come tumbling down because we're paying players. Go fly your kite, man. I have no time for that. Um, it is funny. It is hilarious. Again, and it's like, okay, you're right, Nick. You never paid anybody anything. Sure. Okay, cool. Um, I do. You know, it's, it's all just, I mean... Again, it's hypocrisy. It's funny. It's stupid. It's it's hilarious. It's dumb. It's silly. It's whatever. Um, it reminds me of because the, it there is like a level of upsetness, right? Like, oh, this is harder now, right? Like, like now, like now, right. now, That's now what I have really upset it, about what it feels like is when you're playing pick one like Madden, the show, whatever, and you're playing on one difficulty level and you're just like trash in the computer. You're like, this rules. Like, this is so much fun. And then you, you know, you up it, right? You're like, okay, I'm, I'm big boy. I'm ready for all Madden. And then it like kicks your ass and you're just like, wait a minute, this isn't as fun. Like this game is stupid. Like, I, I don't like this game. Like, I know I don't even, I don't even want to play this game anymore. Like, blah, blah, blah. Like whatever. It's like, no dude, like again, you, you gotta be better. You gotta improve. Like, let's, let's see what you can do, Nick. You know what I mean? Like you're like, it's it's just like i'm i imagine obviously you know like our podcast didn't exist back then but like i imagine a lot of coaches were like you want to throw the ball (laughs) what like that's so stupid like we should all be running it every single down come on no right it's like somebody that has a radio show getting mad that podcasts now exist like yeah sorry or television shows getting mad at YouTube channels, like whatever, or like uh, big, you know, cable companies mad at like streaming services or a billion different things. You know what I mean? It's like hustle, innovate, yeah. be like it's, us, be like stats. Nick Saban crying fall is just so absurd when he's had one of the biggest advantages. It's it's so it's so ridiculous. It's such an insult that these it's coaches an insult say this to intelligence, they, right? Yeah. And they think we don't know that they're full of crap. Like it's. It's pathetic, and I, I know this is not a college football show, but I was seeing that on Twitter last night, and it was driving me absolutely insane. And then when he specifically called out A&M, like they did something wrong, which they haven't done anything wrong, I just thought you might want to chime in on that. Um, just so everyone is clear, Stad said that it makes him want to vomit. He did vomit. He sent me a photo of his vomit. Um, he texted it to me. So, um, like, when I felt the vibration in my pocket, it's almost as if, like, Stats vomited in my pocket. Um but look like macaroni and cheese. Right. Uh, to be clear here, stats, uh, my list seems uh, most likely to go from first to worst in order. The Cincinnati Bengals, the Tennessee Titans, the Dallas Cowboys, the Kansas City Chiefs, the Buffalo Bills, the Green Bay Packers. And because we didn't do the last two, I'll just say the L.A. Rams and then the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I think the Buccaneers are the least likely team to go from first to worst. And most of that has to do with the fact that it's Tom Brady. Like Tom Brady is yeah. not going to finish last in his division. Right. Um, that's like 99% of it. The other 1% is that the Panthers are the Panthers. Um, man, I, I think it must like broil, like boil David Tepper's blood like that. And the hurricanes are going off right now. So he's like got that going on for him at least. But like he, that is not a dude that likes to be a joke. 
You know what I mean? Like there likes to be like a punchline and that's what the Panthers are. And like, remember he was like, we're bringing like, what was his, but like, he was going to bring like a, like a, a, what, like what the Cowboys had, like the, like the star, he was going to bring like a complex, like a training complex and like all this shopping and entertainment and all whatever and blah, blah. And the Panthers are going to be awesome. They're going to bring all these superstars and talents and whatever. And like, they're not, they, all they have is Sam Darnold. That's it. Like that's all they literally have is Sam Darnold. Bad quarterback, bad coach, bad logo, bad jerseys. They have nothing good going for them in Carolina right now. I hate to say it, Panthers fans, but I'm sorry. That is the truth. That's going to do it for this edition of The Look Ahead. Again, brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. RJ, again, for people that don't know, we are going to be on Fridays next week and going forward in the offseason, switching up the schedule a little bit. We appreciate all the reviews. Follow the SB Nation NFL show if you're not doing it already. If you already are, but you haven't left a review, help us out a little bit. Drop us a five-star review. Leave a comment. Leave a question. If you leave it on the show, we will read it on the show. You know what, Stats? Let's do this. Anyone who leaves a review, um, if you use the hashtag TLA for the look ahead, you can ask us any question. It can be about football. It can be about life. It can be about, you know, stats will answer any question, whether it's about politics or religion. Uh, stats will cover it all. Open um, book. <laughs> and, um, but... We would also like to hear, uh, if you can tweet at us, Rob is on Twitter at Stats on Fire. I'm on Twitter at RJOCHO. Hashtag TLA for the look ahead. Let us know one thing you will eat for dinner before next week's look ahead. So something that you will eat for dinner between now and next Friday. Stats, we have to give the people our choices, though. So one thing I will eat for dinner, I can guarantee, before next Friday's show, salmon burgers and sweet potato fries. I will eat that at some point in the next week. That's funny because I'm going cheeseburgers tonight. Like literally, that's already it's on tap. Gonna take out the meat, get the Worcestershire sauce, maybe a little fried egg on top. It's gonna be good times. Mm. Stats and I had a beef, by the way, no pun intended, about what goes on a burger last Friday. We were texting about this. Um, what's Our, what goes on your burger? You, you put something stupid on it. I forgot what it was. Ketchup, grilled onions, the fried egg. What? Oh, it was lettuce and tomato. That's what it was. Yeah, I mean that's pretty standard. It's you, wet. I, you dip uh, your burger like a friggin' weirdo. No, I like I I dip my burger at Whataburger. To be very clear, anybody who's ever had Whataburger, I told you to Google this. The ketchup comes in little containers. So, like they're I designed. I don't care. What do you mean you don't care? Like that's, you put uh, condiments on the burger. You don't dip a burger. You eat it with a knife and fork. No, but I do eat pizza that way. I get a lot of flack for that. All right, that's it. The show's over. Enjoy your <laughs> Thursday, everybody. We'll talk to you on Friday next week. Des caught it. All right.